I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Spanish Influenza, the Ebola Virus, Joey Divine, H1N1, the Swine Flu, the Black Death, Sean Keen. Typhus! Hansen's disease! That's leprosy, Joey! Patreons! Barrett Baldelli! Thank you, Barrett! Ian Spick! Thank you, Ian! Dave Dufour! Also the special guest today! Thank you, Dave! Special guest James Kirkland! Author of the Bill Walton Mysteries! Musical guest, Anthrax, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and you heard, that's right, you heard Don Pardo right. We've got two special guests today. First off, we've got my friend, my co-host, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? Good. I'm recording this from the middle of an empty gym. <laughs> oh, that's that is. I broke uh, into a middle school, Joey. <laughs> uh, but we also have with us here to talk some news. Our great, our good friend, our Patreon, Dave Dufour. Yeah, Dave, uh, how you doing? Uh, uh, a couple of things. First of all, I uh, appreciate that Sean is breaking the terms of his probation in order to mimic Jimmy Butler. That's uh very noble and also i love how you make me sound like a fat cat who bought his way onto the show <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i didn't even i didn't even give you real credits from the I athletic 
from the Nerder She Wrote podcast, one of the only good nerd basketball-based podcasts. We are the other one. Uh, I was going to say, hold on. Now, we're at different ends of the nerd spectrum. Oh, but for I, sure. Are, are there other nerd podcasts? Oh, I'm, all of them are nerd podcasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, Coach Dave Dufour. Dave, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. You uh, Are you self-quarantined yet? Um, you know, actually, uh, I don't, you know, not to make light of it, but I did go to Sloan last weekend Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, my, my wife and I actually had that conversation. And so I am sort of, yeah, kind of self quarantining. Like, I mean, not to, again, I'm not making light of it, but of course I'm going to, I'm going to wait a couple days before I do anything. And I actually have decided uh, I won't be attending NBA games or uh, NCAA tournament games uh, for at least a month. Like I'm not, I'm not doing any of that stuff because um, it is serious. And so I, I would like to uh, follow the advice of the experts that have studied mm-hmm. epidemiology uh, for a long time instead of uh, you know not doing that. Right. Um, yeah. Dave. What do you think about me buying a plane ticket to Italy for late August? Okay, I actually think that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> um, you know, there if you if you're paying attention, it's like three to seven months, right? That they're right. really really worried about the the first this first uh, swing through. Um, you know, and Italy's getting it early, so. You know, I mean, if you're, you know, if you guys trade on the stock market at all, this is this is nothing different than what billionaires do every single day, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Making a bet on the market, and actually, you're you're making a positive bet too, because you're betting that Italy is going to get their their shit under control. Yeah, I'm betting on Italy. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and you're ready there uh, to get there to help them recover. Exactly. Yeah. Public service, really. It's like almost. <laughs> You almost can't justify not doing it. Right. Like I'm helping the wine industry, the service industry, the pasta industry, mm-hmm. the pasta industry, uh, the uh, crumbling uh, statue the, industry. Uh, this is the Baba Ghoul. It's Baba Ghoul industry. It's Baba Ghoul. Um, but that's Gabagool. actually uh, not to get Italian. It, that's an Italian American <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, it's specifically uh, like. New Jersey, Philadelphia, Italian American. That's what Italy's like, Joey. Oh yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, that's where Furio is from. <laughs> um, I should also mention off the top here just some business. Round Rock Pod on tw- at Round Rock Pod on Twitter. Uh, Round Rock Pod at Gmail dot com. Uh, if you want to email us, give us five-star reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Patreon.com slash RoundRockPod, where we finally had our second episode of our brand new uh, Golden State Warriors podcast, Watching Wiggins, in which Sean and I both learned to love the basketball of Andrew Wiggins and uh, maybe learn a little bit about each other. Um also, later on in the episode, we're going to have an interview uh, with author James Kirkland, who uh, is the author of the Bill Walton Mysteries series, uh, and it is a real great interview, so stick around for that. But first, 
Let's get serious. Let's go to the news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right. Our first piece of news, guys, um, is about the virus. We talked about it a little bit uh already the virus is changing everyone's plans constantly uh there's no telling (laughs) what's gonna happen with the virus uh but the first thing that happened is our man uh golden state warriors owner joe lacob uh the city of san francisco told him to not have a game tonight because it would endanger their citizens and uh sean what did uh joe lacob say well, let me let me just give you um well Joe Lacob uh I don't he just said no. He said no. Yeah, they had right. the game. That's what I mean. I th- <laughs> he said no. Um, yeah. 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 So the um so um corrupt pre indictment San Francisco mayor London Breed. Mm-hmm. Um look, the, just to get into this, she took thousands of dollars in gifts from a corrupt Politician. I'm not going to blame her for also dating that corrupt politician, just like uh, I'm not blaming Kamala Harris for dating former Mayor Willie Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in San Francisco, you're going to date a shitty guy. Like that's that's mm-hmm. how it works in that city. I was but she one released of those recommendations Friday about closing non-essential large gatherings such as concerts, sporting events, conventions, or large community events. Uh, however. Um, this game between the Clippers and the Warriors was deemed essential mm-hmm. by Joe Lacob, who uh, uh, made his fortune trading medical stocks. Yeah, now let's ask Dave a question here. Dave, uh, <laughs> you've been telling us about the coronavirus for longer than the news, I would say. Um, oh, you mean almost pri- like you knew about it in advance. Yeah, Pri- privately, <laughs> privately, yeah. He Wait, tried- sorry, this is the wrong podcast. <laughs> Um, and you know more about basketball than us. Um, so question was the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Clippers game tonight essential? I mean, if yeah, yes, to a certain degree for the Golden State Warriors, because it essentially, you know, it got them out of the playoffs. Right. So they can stop pretending like they care. Then if they don't run stuff out there again, nobody cares. Uh, I care. But to the world, I care, Dave. no. <laughs> to the world, no. Like, I have this issue with with a lot of uh, things that are basketball and basketball adjacent. Um, you know, I, I hate "ball is life." Not not the brand, but the saying. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. Uh, do you like when an eight? Very clearly not. Do you like when like an eight year old wears a shirt with like a faceless muscle man on it, and it says like. Uh, you better come hard in the paint or don't come at all. Actually, I, yes, when it's a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But when it's a, you know, a 40-year-old, no. Like, get a life. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that one of the things that gets lost quite a bit is that uh, this is just basketball. And I don't care about billionaires' monies. You know, I'm not mm. counting their money. Mm. Uh, and I really don't care about it. So just cancel the shit. But the truth is, 
everyone has free will. You don't have to go to those games. Um, it just seems that uh, we can't stop ourselves from doing dumb stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So they should have canceled the game, but also people can, you know, they can self isolate as well. And so uh, a little bit of that personal responsibility could go a long way here uh, on multiple fronts. Mm-hmm. Can I can I ask you a question about the coronavirus? Yes. Say sure. you're not exposed to the coronavirus because you've been hiding, uh, you've been self-quarantining in, uh, say, hypothetically, as a wine cellar in, uh, in maybe Chase the basement Center. era yeah. of a fancy NBA arena. Mm-hmm. But your blood boy may have been exposed to the coronavirus. Should you stop um, juicing your blood with the platelets of a younger, healthier man? Uh, yeah, it's... Francis? It's viral, so you definitely do not want to do that. Mm. Okay. okay. So yeah. it's viral, like, how many retweets does it have? <laughs> um, it's like, is it like House of Highlights? That really is. Worldwide Wob. You know, it's funny. It, it's That actually is, uh, it's kind of like the only viral that the NBA is really wrapping their head around right now. Yeah. Uh, my expectation is that probably by the time you get this show edited and released, uh, they will have said they're playing in empty gyms. That's almost there, right? But yeah. you still are talking like, I mean, what are they traveling with every team? Are they really going to go down to like 25 people? That's still a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Are they going to self-quarantine so that they don't become infected? Are they going to test everyone? Are they going to test all the players? We can't even get tests for people who are exhibiting symptoms. How are they going to know which players have it and which players don't what if the lakers have been exposed to it and lebron has it he's positive and then they go and play get uh, older they're going to play uh the orlando magic now all of a sudden you've taken it to orlando well i, I just i'm gonna say right now uh I mean, if you tested LeBron's blood right now, it probably would test positive for something, but I don't know if it's coronavirus. Uh, MVP trophies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tacos. I'm talking, Uh, there's so many tacos in his blood. Um, Yeah, three letters. Just this wine. I think he had two glasses of wine after that Clippers game. He is, that's a problem. Um, Yeah, so I, I just, you know, we can we can all sit at home for a month, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, well, hopefully, right? Like as long as uh, as long as the people that control the purse strings of the country do the right thing, which I know we can't count on them to do. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, like we could all sit at home for a month. There's plenty of good stuff on Netflix. Uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, Turner will take the time to fix League Pass. Maybe it'll throw up classic games on League Pass mm-hmm. and go back and watch all the stuff. Uh, or just show good stuff on NBA TV. I, I just it, it, this is not difficult, and every expert in the world is saying we need to do one thing, and and it's not even because we can stop the spread. It's here. It's going to spread. Uh, the truth is, we got to do it so that we don't run out of hospital beds, so that the people that are really sick can actually get treatment, and we don't have you know a half a million people die in the next three or four months. Hey, so. The NBA should just cancel these fucking games. I will say, Dave, look, the Joe Lacob and the Chase Center did do their due diligence. They posted a really shitty <laughs> sign that uh-huh. said, do not enter if in the last two weeks you have, bullet point, experienced fever, 
tiredness, dry cough, aches and pains, nasal congestion, runny nose, sore throat, or diarrhea. Or, second bullet point, travel to any location subject to level 1, 2, or 3 travel health notice by the CDC, such as Iran, China, Italy, South Korea, Japan, or Hong Kong. So, uh, I'm pretty sure no one who was there tonight got exposed to anything. Don't worry about uh, it, Dave. Also, Joey, it said that people were, vol- by walking past the sign, people uh, agreed not to sue the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Very tight. Super cool. Love it. Yeah. So, remember, folks, remember to wash your hands after you cover your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I recycled that we, joke. By the way. Should we talk about the should we, should we talk about the the potential playoffs yeah. of this? Yeah. Well, okay. no. What we need to talk about right now is what Woj just tweeted, which okay. is uh, the NBA is discussing possibly moving games in affected areas to neutral sites or okay. places Switch. without outbreaks. So the uh, well, they're trying to help the coronavirus. Exactly. Get it over with, they right? they yeah. want to barnstorm. Like, yeah. uh, like the, like the old, like original professional ABA. basketball, but instead of, uh, you know, showing off the sport, they want to show off the beautiful coronavirus that is coursing through everyone's veins. Now, right. now the sad thing is that Seattle is not a safe area, right? Isn't Spokane a bad area for Corona right now? Uh, no, Seattle, it's all of that is terrible. Uh, it's that's basically the epicenter currently of. But I also saw a thing that they might have the most cases only because there was one doctor who's been testing and the federal government told her to stop and she didn't stop. So I'm that- just saying it. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I'm just saying it's it's got to be tough that. Seattle will not get professional basketball. Well, don't yet. worry, Sean. I saw multiple people tweet about how this means Seattle could get basketball back tonight. And I was like, oh, lots of basketball people do not follow the news at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, I, I can't believe that they're going to be holding an NC, supposedly going to be having an NCA regional in Spokane. Um, I don't. I do not think that will be happening. In, in I don't think movie. anything's happening. I, I yeah. actually, my my guess is that the NCAA winds up canceling the tournament. Dude, that's so crazy. They're like, none of these teams are that great. But there's no, there's just no justification to be made to play the games. Period. In particular, for the NCAA, think oh, about. Be- because you're taking 68 teams yes. uh, definitively and, from all over the country and then and kids <laughs> like it's not like you're in control of what they're doing during their off time NBA players like you pretty much can account for them not not that you're in control but like it's not hard to guess where these guys have been you know uh go and swab all the strip clubs in Houston and Atlanta uh, you know like just we know where they go mm-hmm. um mostly uh the cheesecake uh, thing I will say, yeah, the Cheesecake Factory, but I will say the safest team is for sure the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves because they've just been playing Fortnite all night since Jimmy Butler left. Yeah. It, yeah. I just. <laughs> they've look, been it, self-quarantining for years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They've locked themselves in the basement. Uh, you know, the standings. Gordon Hayward, safe. 
We know he's safe from Corona, right? Uh, uh, I mean, his wife makes him take a dip in a bathtub full of Purell a couple times a day. <laughs> to to get the uh, to get the gamer gate off of him. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but they're going to play these games to empty stadiums, right? That's what's going to happen. Or you think they're going to cancel that's what games? That's where we're going to start. I, I do believe, uh, again, it, it's irresponsible to do it at all. Um, I, I think they'll be playing in empty arenas next week. Yeah. And, and ultimately I think they wind up pushing the season back. I, I just don't see any way around it. You either cancel or you push it back. I mean, here's a question, uh, coming off of the, uh, like China revenue stuff. Can't, shouldn't they just cancel it and call the whole season a wash? Like, just be like, we've lost all this money anyway. Let's just... Well, uh, but then you're doubling down and you're actually like losing more, right? Like, the TV stuff matters. Yeah. No, and it's too... You, you have to fulfill the commitment. I mean, of course, ESPN and TNT would be involved in whatever decisions made, but... Yeah. Uh, or Turner, not TNT, but... Uh, it's hard to make good on that. Right. Especially given that a lot of owners are fairly leveraged, it seems like. I just hope someone thinks of the bloggers in all this, you know, like mm-hmm. how, how get, you know, the content minds are going to run dry. You know what content Brilliant. will never run dry round ball rocks, baby. We can do this all day. Cause yeah. you know why we barely talk about basketball as it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of podcasts like that. So, um, <laughs> all of them are funny. <laughs> Should we go through and see and and look at those empty gym matchups? Yes, we? let's operate oh under under the uh, idea that these teams are playing in empty gyms, and let's decide who has home court advantage in the playoffs. Right, Sean? <laughs> That's what we want to do. Uh, yeah, and we'll just should we just go through the matchups? Or Wait, or? yeah, let's do and- the matchups. Let me just double check. Atlanta is not the eight seed, right? Unfortunately, no. not. They would have. They should be the one seed, considering uh, they're just listening to Sir Foster play anyway. So um, is he? Yeah, yeah. That's the only guy who's got to be there. <laughs> Quarantine, Sir Foster. Um, okay. So we got we got Bucks Nets. Okay. Oh um, man. I think the Nets have the home court advantage there. I do too. <laughs> well, because the thing is, they've been, they've just been, well, first of all, they have uh, hipster fans in general, but also they've been spending so much time trying to tune out Kyrie Irving all season that they're almost playing, they're used to playing without using, like relying on sound. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, but there's, so there's a couple of things. First, uh, a lot of people still think they're in New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. I, I, including people that live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, you, you mentioned they have a lot of hipster fans. And you know how hipsters love to tell you about the weather in New York in like April and May? Mm-hmm. There's no way they're going to be inside. No <laughs> way. Yeah. If we're taking them at face value. All right. who's our ne- What's our next matchup, Sean? Uh, we've got the Toronto Raptors and the Orlando Magic. Easy Orlando, like yeah, Jurassic Park's way too wild. 
But even even so, like they'll just be happy a DeVos isn't seeing them in person. You know what I mean? Just yeah, yeah. Like there's there's no one good. Like like even Tiger Woods going to a game is kind of creepy for them. Yeah, just like giving them their cryptkeeper eyes while they're playing basketball. Fultz can finally play free for the first time in his damn life. <laughs> Mickey Mouse being a weirdo with his courtside seats. What do you think they're going to, what would they do with Jurassic Park? I mean, it's closed, I guess, but like, yeah, you look, have like the inflatable raptor there. Is that where Drake you know what, gets to watch the game? This is actually my question. If they're going to play these games in an empty gym, do they still have the mascot come around? Yeah. Oh, there I will think... be no game ops. So there'll be no music. I Maybe like the Lakers, LeBron's going to put on a playlist, you know? Dave, can I, is your, are you excited a little bit for there to be a basketball game with no music or crowd events? Or Can't believe you're throwing this to me, Sean. <laughs> Okay. Like a little, you're a little bit excited. A no, little not bit. for the outbreak, but just for the telecast to see what it's like. Yes. I will admit that there is a part of me that really wants <laughs> to see what it's like. Now, remember, in my original rant against the in arena music, it is about not not having that real fan experience, the fans getting excited, following the action, things like that. Because I do think that that really make, makes a difference. And in my trip to Serbia, that's like the thing that I always go back to is how into every possession those people were. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. with that caveat in mind, oh man, this will be like being a fly on the wall in you know some of the highest level pickup games you could think of. I hope they lean into it, add a like minute delay, and mic up every single yep. player. That's what they should oh, do. Be great. Yeah. Um, mic up every. Yeah. And, and you know kill what? The, now kill the bikes when the ball is dead. Okay. Because I don't want to put those guys in the position where they can't, you know, because they they need a little bit of privacy to just do the things that they do, right? Mm. Catch yeah. up. I don't want to hear coach strategy or any of that. But when the ball is live, let me hear everything. I do yeah. want to hear the coach strategy. Just who cares, man? Every team knows what everybody's running, they all know. Like there's, it's we're not talking th- about the Astros here. Just like make it a full on TV show, and you know what? Silver lining, they'd probably figure out a better televised product. I was just about to say, I feel like if you had this thing where the players are mic'd up, right, mm-hmm. and you just while the action's going, we can hear them. There's a good chance that that would start being a special event that that would be baked into the TV deals. It would be that big. I so here, LeBron. Listen, the other night I I watched LeBron uh, against the Clippers. He dribbles the ball up court. Didn't like the play they had called, and he literally used his fingers like you're playing pickup with blind people. And he pointed to every single dude that he was playing with where to go and mm-hmm. was barking instructions. And they wound up getting a KCP layup out of it, okay. which is incredible. Okay, he he diagrammed a play on the court. Told everyone where to go. Told the Clippers where they were all going to go, and still got a bucket out of it. I want to hear that process. Can you can you believe how disappointed Greg Popovich would be that this could be the year he'd be in the playoffs with no sideline reporter? <laughs> oh, no media whatsoever. He's just like ah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so. 
I just Going hope they style. get. I just hope they get Tibbs to call the game again from that closet he was hiding in when uh-huh. uh, this summer. I guess we have to play that now. Hold on. And I think that's a good point. I, he's, he's been through it before. Great offensive rebound there. Good extra pass. Harris. Wide open three. Barnes knocks down Great the play. three. Um, all right. Sean, Steve Javi also completely safe. Yeah. Oh, Steve Javi's been room for five yeah. years. Steve Javi's been in that hole in the ground from Lost since he retired as a ref. He's the healthiest he has push, man on he has earth. To push that button all the time. You don't know this about Steve Javi, but uh, under the uh, like just below the line of sight of the camera, he's wearing Kleenex boxes on his feet, and there are jars <laughs> of his urine cataloged all around him, like Howard Hughes. Um. Sean, what's our next playoff matchup? Uh, the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. God, what a what a what a wretched hive of humanity has been banned from both those arenas. So can the guard the Boston Ooh. Garden uh like somehow pipe in pre-recorded chants from the Celtics chant Twitter account? Oh, yeah, no. everyone should follow that at Celtics Chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow at Celtics Chance. Um, what? Let's. Do you want to know what the latest at Celtics Chance tweet was? No, oh, please. <laughs> the well, the newest tweet is from June 6, twenty twelve. Quote: <laughs> Good job, good effort. So yeah, it's good job, good effort. Can they pe- can they pipe that in? Good job, good effort. Good job, good effort. Either way, I'm taking the Sixers. Look, I was going to say, they're the not Sixers... Gonna, no one's going to throw batteries the at them. Yeah, they get the advantage. <laughs> no, like, There's nothing worse than being booed at home. You know? Like when my wife does it, it really it just it's awful, and, and I can tell you from experience, yeah. <laughs> the Sixers will play up. Ben Simmons will shoot threes. Mm. With no fans. To shoot judge a three, you coward. Actually, um, no. He te- actually, he won't shoot threes. No, I am completely wrong because the only time he shoots threes is when the crowd goats him into it. So, yeah. yeah. Um. All right, Sean. What's our next? What's our next matchup? Uh, the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. Oh, this is a tough one because right. the Heat are so used to getting uh, encouragement from Jimmy Buffett on the sideline. Right. <laughs> And uh, Flo Rida's manager, I believe, is also involved. I think this is going to help the Miami Heat uh, actually focus. Because I think, I I just feel like this team has a pretty horny vibe already. Mm -hmm. And I think that just like not being distracted by a Miami crowd might help them play a little more consistently. You know what? That's Uh, a great point, Sean. You know what, though? I think you're you're not thinking about how they perform right now. Remember, this is a this is a good first quarter team. Nobody shows up to those games in the first quarter. They're already oh, used to it. Yeah, yeah. All right, they con- play their best basketball in front of no one. You've convinced me, Dave. We're taking yeah. That's that why their home record's so good. Yeah. Um. All right, Sean. Well, and then the other thing about the Pacers is without that crowd there. Uh, the coaches won't be forced to play TJ McConnell. Yeah, or TJ Leaf, actually. <laughs> yeah. Either one. They can they it's like the it's like Bill Russell's Celtics going on the road. You know, they could finally play their five best players at once. Um, all right, Sean, let's do the Western Conference real quick. 
Okay, so we got the we got Lakers and right now Lakers and Grizzlies. Mm, I mean, it's this is a hard it's, one because on yeah. one hand, Anthony Davis is used to playing to a lackluster crowd, right? Right, right. Um, but on the other hand, I think Jaw feet is one of those young guys that really feeds off a crowd. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and I think I, I think Rajon Rondo, um, noted germaphobe, is gonna really be able to relax in this situation. Except too. if the, if they're miking all the players up, Rajon Rondo is going to be very afraid he's gonna out someone again because uh, he's the worst yeah. person on earth. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a terrible guy. Yeah. Uh, Avery Bradley is going to be excited about a lack of witnesses as well. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna t- I think it's the Lakers, right? Yeah, I think it's the Lakers. Uh, no one no one out on the streets because of coronavirus. Um, nobody you know trying to get to the arena. Well, the, plus, they'll, they'll arrive on time. They won't have to deal with traffic. Well, and plus they turn the lights down on the crowd anyway, so it's not like they're looking at the crowd that much anyway. They're kind of used to it. Just turn the music up. Uh, sh- all right, put, Sean. Put a, put a cardboard cut up of uh, Jack Nicholson out there. It'd be fine. All right, Sean, what's next? Uh, Clippers and Mavericks. This one's easy. This one's super easy. It's the Clippers. Yeah. And it's because maybe... If they finally play a game without a crowd, Doc Rivers' voice will mysterious will finally come back. Yeah, because he won't have. What to do you scream. think, Joey? <laughs> yeah. Guys, I, I look, look. I feel for that man. I that's exactly how I sound after a game, coaching uh, a game. Sounding. Oh yeah, exactly. but he's have you sounded like that for twenty two years straight? Except yeah, not. Th- have you seen Uncut Gems yet, Sean? <laughs> no. They're, okay, so there's a point in Uncut Gems where they cut to the locker room. Oh. And you only hear Doc Rivers' voice giving the speech. And at the time, I was like, oh, this is like the worst Doc Rivers impersonator I've ever heard. Because uh-huh. he's, he has like a regular voice. And then I stayed for the credits, and it says in the credits, Doc Rivers as Doc Rivers. So really what happened is... That Clippers team is what's done it to his voice, dude. Oh, and Chris Paul did it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's screaming at Chris and Blake and his son. <laughs> That's what happened. It was Austin got back on the team, and it was just like he couldn't keep it together anymore. And that's why he had to trade his own son away. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the Mavericks are uniquely equipped to deal with this virus because of how much disinfectant they already had to spray around the team offices after the pants DJ was finally fired. <laughs> All right. What's the next one, Sean? Uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Houston Rockets. This one's a tough one um, because Russell Westbrook is always screaming at fans. Uh-huh. So he's going to be... But I can't tell if it, like, feeds him or not, you know what I mean? Or if he gets distracted. Um, but also, they're not going to have to... They might feel less pressure to, you know, not shoot two for 27 from three in the yeah, fourth this quarter is, of a game. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, this is almost like the ideal 
Houston Rockets experiment. Like, you know, they always say, like, they're the best team on paper, theoretically. Well, this is like essentially playing in a clean room, right? Like they're I, I think I think it actually benefits the Nuggets because the Rockets would feel too much pressure from <laughs> that. I don't know. Doof, what do you think? I mean, the Rockets are another team that often is playing in front of next to no one. Mm-hmm. But then you've got the elevation factor. You gotta you gotta factor that in, you know. Uh I, I feel like uh the Denver Denver might still have an advantage. Well, Denver also has fans, but they're stoned. So they're not totally following the game. Oh man, you know what? No contact high for the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> gotta gotta give it to Houston. Yeah, Houston's I, gonna win that well, series. Well, let's be honest though. I think uh certain Houston Rockets players uh might have be a little tolerant to the hot boxing going on in the Denver arenas. <laughs> I will say, if this virus is a sign of the end times, then uh, the demon horse that guards the Denver airport uh, prophecy says he will awaken and begin his reign over the Mile High City. So just keeping that in mind. What, as well. a, what a mean thing to say about John Elway. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's next, John? Oh my God! This is the. I feel like just mentioning this series will automatically call someone's manager and file a complaint. <laughs> it's the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Wow. I got. I got to think. OKC. Why they they benefit more? Yeah, um, you know because they can play Rudy Gobert off the court. Yeah. Well, they also are pumping in crowd noise anyway, so I think oh, they're yeah, probably... Fair point. <laughs> that's fair. Also... And the Utah Jazz, I think, are probably the most wretched opposing fans in the NBA. I Well, what I was going to say is I think Utah just doesn't play the same when Mitt Romney's not there, so... That's true. <laughs> what, if Mitt, what if Mitt's the only one who's allowed to go? <laughs> It's Mitt like he was the lone the man who stood up to Trump in the Republican Party. He's the lone man that gets to go to these games. Who's who's OKC's famous fan? Uh, that guy uh, that shot bullets at Kevin Durant's house or whatever. That guy who owns a bar. <laughs> the guy who like um, fought Draymond. Oh, it's Bill Hader, actually. That's their famous wait, fan. Well, I think oh, Wayne Coyne yeah. is estranged from the team. Is that right? I believe that's the case, yes. They but Wayne Coyne is definitely the most famous person who's been to a lot of Thunder games. Yeah, but... They just didn't like that he cheered for everybody. Bill Hader is their famous fan. That's it. I forgot. Um... Yeah. What if what if it was just Wayne Coyne and Mitt Romney sitting side by side, even though the rest of the arena was empty? <laughs> Mitt Romney, fresh off his APAC trip. <laughs> yeah, he'd infect. He'd infect. Uh, I'll. I don't know if Wayne Coyne can get coronavirus. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think he's, he's built. He's been spending a lifetime building up immunity. Still, <laughs> yeah. What um, if he's there? Nobody gets coronavirus, but just from being next to Wayne Coyne, Mitt Romney gets crabs. I was going to say, what if Wayne Coyne dosed Mitt Romney? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's gonna he's gonna see the angel Maroni. <laughs> um. All right. Is there any other news we want to talk about with Dave? Can we talk about Kenny Atkinson just real fast? Yeah, we haven't talked about it on the show yet. Dave, you want to talk about Kenny Atkinson real fast? Sure. Um. <laughs> Dave. What? <laughs> so 
So my interpretation of this was that um, ostensibly he was fired by Sean Marks, but actually he was fired by Kyrie Irving being backed up by uh, vice president of their friendship, Kevin Durant. Yeah, the quote from Shams and Alex Schiffer today was from Dave Dufour's TheAthletic.com. Uh, was Katie and Kyrie never connected with Kenny Atkinson, and there was a belief they did not have interest in playing for him when the Nets are whole again next season. Yeah, but they didn't play for him. That's right? my so, question. Of course not. I have I have also never connected with a boss at a job I've never worked for. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I, I, everyone should have known he was a lame dunk coach, right? Mm-hmm. Even though he had yeah. <laughs> getting him through this year, I, I mean, I, I didn't expect him to get fired. I don't think the Nets expected to fire him. I, I'm certain. I'm certain that they expected to do it during the summer. Right. That was this. That sounded like a Joe Psy thing to me. That he kind of right. did it on his own. Jump the like, gun. Talk to the players and then fired yeah. him immediately. Jump, jump in the gun. Right. Yeah. The, the the plan was you you at least get through the rest of the year with the money that you've paid and then you figure something out. Um, he should have known. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he did know that, that he was on his way out when they signed those guys. Well, uh, and the ownership changed too. Like his, right. His immediate boss didn't change, but the big boss did. Right. Uh, and, and that's a guy who probably hasn't gotten enough credit for what he, what he's done to get the team to the point where they seemed like a good enough franchise to, to be able to sign guys like that, because I'm sorry, but building a nice new practice facility, that's not enough. You know, you got to show. It is. No, that's you got to show. Yeah, you got to show some some competence on the court, right? If this was still a team winning 14 games, you're not signing Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So I think I don't know. And, and I don't want to sound like the guy who's like you know Mr. Coach guy supporting the coach, but the truth is, he did a really good job. You don't get the development that they got out of those players w- without good leadership uh, on the coaching staff, and and he's known as that guy who who's good as a development guy. Of course, he might just be a development guy, and we don't know. Um, I don't know how anyone would know because he hasn't had a chance to actually compete with the team. Uh, the team that he took to the playoffs last year was gutted in order to, you know, make a team that didn't have its two highest paid, maybe two best players. For the entire season, and he's still making the playoffs. So uh, you can't say he did a bad job, is what Mm -hmm. I'm getting. What I, you know, what this really kind of reminds me of, just overall, is um, the Nets. The sorry, the Orlando Magic team in '99, 2000, where they're. um, It's the year where they're ready to just clear space and try to get, uh, you know, uh, Duncan and McGrady and Grant Hill, and they get two out of three. Mm-hmm. But they have this, like, great scrappy team under Doc Rivers, and they, you know, they play really hard, and then they just gut the entire team that year. And I right. think they even got rid of – they had, like, three or four first-round picks, and they got rid of all of those except Mike Miller, too. And, uh, you know, Doc Rivers did last a little longer than that, but it still at the same time felt like 
we just we spent all this time building this team culture and getting these kind of unheralded guys to play their asses off, and uh, then then we got rid of half of them. Right, right. Well, stars um, are the ones that define the culture, though, right? Isn't that that's actually it. what happens? Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, especially a... when you're, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're bringing in these guys too, so it's like, uh, yeah. I right. mean, I mean, th- you, you surrendered your team, right? That that yeah, yeah, that exactly. was, and that was implied mm-hmm. when they signed the deal is that they were going to be empowered. Um, and, and we're all in support of player empowerment, or at least I am to a certain degree, because I actually have limits on on how much power I think players should have. Um, just kind of almost for their own good, because we've just seen it not work out so often. See, I uh, think Kyrie Irving in particular should get all forty eight laws of power. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, but only yeah, they, Kyrie. But only Kyrie. <laughs> I mean, listen, you, you get the power that you can negotiate for, uh, you know, you feel like he can negotiate for that. I mean, I guess he is, you know, one of the VPs of the players association now. So maybe, um, I also think it's amazing that, uh, after this happened, people were saying like, yeah, the, uh, you know, they didn't start DeAndre Jordan. That was always going to be a problem. I'm like, I'm still just baffled that DeAndre Jordan is this key man, in this situation that, that everyone is acting like the Nets have a big three and DeAndre Jordan is like the all important, uh, you know, like third when part. When he's the guy who was starting over him is clearly better. Yeah. yeah. Like DeAndre Jordan has been like, like clearly unequivocally declining for two years at least. But it's like that was the unpardonable sin. They thought they might get, get to, you know, be able to stand Kenny Atkinson, but then he put DeAndre Jordan there. Bet. And and see that lets me know that he knew he was out this summer. Oh, and he absolutely. just got and he just yeah. got fed up. And he was like, Durant's not even playing. Kyrie's not trying. Well, Kyrie's been hurt yeah, all like, year. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but they've been terrible when he played, right? Um, well, I think that's our portion with Dave. Hey, Dave, thanks for coming on, man. Do it whenever you want. Yeah, you're welcome. I'll, I'll just start calling in on Skype. Just, just make sure you use this call, and I can hop right in. Oh yeah, we can always do that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um. What would you like to plug, Dave? Nothing. Uh, um, okay, know. I'll do it for you. Nerder, yeah, I... she wrote, is on the uh, back-to-back feed and also available on the athle- on the athletic and yeah, any actually, podcast. You know what? Platform. I care. will. I will interrupt you mm-hmm. to plug the show we just did from Sloan, uh, which was excellent. Um, had like a great drop in. We we talked about. I don't know, 40 different things. And uh, that was actually a really, really fun, good show. Not that they all aren't fun, but that one in particular. Uh, maybe just because it was the most recent one, though. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's called recency bias, you fucking nerds. Yeah, it's unscientific. A lot of, a lot of gut feeling there. Eye test or ear test, as yeah. it were. Uh, yeah, actually, now I now I'm liking the sound. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, now 
we've look, we've talked about sad and scary things, firings, uh emptiness, uh quarantines, but luckily there's something that makes me happy anytime I think about it, and it's a combination of mystery novels, reading, and Bill Walton. And luckily to bring us up Here's an interview we did with the author of Fire on the Mountain, the second in the Bill Walton Mysteries series, James Kirkland. It's available for purchase right now on Amazon, and I, look, I highly recommend it. Here's Sean and I talking to James Kirkland. We're here with James Kirkland. Oh, man, that what an NPR Hello. intro from Joey. Uh, James, is, uh, James is an actor a screenwriter, and now, a well, a Portland native, we should also point out, living in Los Angeles, who yes. now is, more importantly, the author of currently, I believe, the only mystery NBA-themed book series, The Bill Walton Mysteries. Uh, last year, Friend of the Devil came out. Uh, that's about Bill Walton and Dave Pash uh, solving a kidnapping in Seattle. And now, is it out? Is Fire on the Mountain out yet, James, or is it uh, March tenth? Oh, Fire on the Mountain drops March tenth. Yeah. The Bill Walton um, mystery. So next week, yeah, series two, Fire on the Mountain, which of course takes place in Maui, uh, with Dave Pash and Bill Walton, uh, comes out March tenth. James, how are you doing? Oh, terrific! Thank you. That was an incredible introduction. It's an honor to be on the pod, guys really is um yeah i'm doing fantastic it's i'm just excited to get the word out about um my uh my book series as you say the bill walton mysteries mm-hmm. um very excited I, I it's just um it's been a wild ride a very un- specific idea that i had two years ago has now become two novels <laughs> that i'm really proud of and I- uh I have to I have to say when I first heard about them I thought there's no way that this is real. Um <laughs> occasionally we'll, we'll talk about stuff on the podcast and then real things will happen in the world like uh there was a Lopez qu- twin commercial where they were directing puppets and I was like did we <laughs> dream that and then it became well, anyway the Bill Walton mysteries feels like that to me. Yeah, it could have been incepted by you guys and I just picked up on the inspiration in the in the ether you guys are los angelinos we're right around you know it's all uh. around here um but yeah it, thank you that's a high that's high praise so um i guess my first question i have for you is probably everyone's first question and it's mm-hmm. uh why bill walton and why mysteries well i love walton I mean, he's just so enthusiastic about literally everything. I mean, but only a specific amount of things that he loves. You know, Mm -hmm. he's a real vibes guy. Uh, He really like if the vibes aren't right, he's not with it. I mean, anything Walton Walton would be just like a a terrific real estate agent if Mm -hmm. he was selling anything. Glendale, the access to schools, nature—it's all there. You you couldn't believe the walkability. If you go down Pomona Boulevard at night, like he's just, he's like Mr. Uh, uh, enthusiastic. He's Mr. He seems like he's so genuinely him. He doesn't care about what the ga- is going on during the game. You know, he just will talk about the, you know, the moons of Saturn 
mm-hmm. for six minutes, and then Dave Pash will have to be like in fifty four, fifty five here, Bill, yeah. if we get back to the game. <laughs> and I, I just, uh, I, I couldn't. I started listening to his broadcast, him and Pash broadcast, like podcast, like it was a live concert. It's like going to see the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, just, you, you know the songs. <laughs> He's going to talk about <laughs> the Pac twelve. He's going to talk about the Missoula floods. He's uh-huh. going to talk about the Conference of Champions. He's going to talk about UCLA. He's going to talk about John Wooden. <laughs> and uh, but he, you never know how it's going to come out. And it's always different. And it's always entertaining. And I also always love mystery novels. I love Jack Reacher. I love Harry Bosch. I love long series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, I wanted to write a mystery novel and I wanted to find the perfect detective. Mm-hmm. And I kind of came to the conclusion that Walton is this extraordinary, you know, Sherlock Holmesian kind of guy. He also seems like the kind of guy that if his buddies were in trouble, he would go the extra mile. Oh, absolutely. And if that means tracking down biker gang, he's going to track down a biker gang. You yeah. know, he's going to get it done. And Dave Pash is just kind of the uh, Dr. Watson was so perfect. He's the perfect straight man. You know, I kind of created a fictional world where uh, Bill Walton respects Dave Pash. Most proud achievement. I will say, say, if you like Jack Reacher, uh, Bill Walton is the one person whose physical dimensions seem to match what Jack Reacher is described as. In the <laughs> right, right, Just exactly. Like like NBA hands. players are like those, yeah, hit fists like frozen turkeys. Like this, you know, this <laughs> larger than life figures are kind of why we love the NBA and why we love um, these these superstars. And Walton is also. Just like I'm a Portland guy, obviously. He got us our one championship in 77, you know, and he rode his bike to the games. He's also the most Portland dude ever. Uh-huh. Like, you know, uh, no no one was more granola than Walton. And it was true. It was authentic. He wasn't putting on airs. And then him also matched up. He's always matched up with the kind of polar opposites. Like John Wooden was the kind of polar opposite of him. He's the squarest, most upright Midwestern dude. But somehow they both made each other great and better. It's just, yeah, I, I feel that kind of way when I w- listen to Walton and Pash now. I'm like, these guys are so different. But what if they were solving mysteries? And then, yeah, that was my book. So I have a question for you about Fire on the Mountain. The newest Bill Walton mystery takes place in Maui, yes, the right? And they're at the Maui Invitational. Now, there's one other weed-based NBA figure who lives in Maui uh, uh, named yes. John Nelson. Does his weed <clears throat> appear at all in Fire on the Mountain? <laughs> Guys, I, I, I said I wasn't going to do any leaks, any spoilers. I want people to read the book. But this particular question, I have to um, – I'll just say dot, dot, dot winky face yeah. read the book <laughs> not gonna say any more than that it's an emoji that's all i can give you um and maybe like a slightly smirk emoji too like I, you know that's it that's it though nothing more so how uh, many bill walton mysteries do you think you have in you you're on number two guys i got a thousand in me i'm ready to go the only thing is i need people to buy the book right so i can keep going it's not like being a novelist uh is is a challenging uh, thing to embark upon <laughs> i'm fighting out but i'm embracing the challenge i love the challenge what is success you know is it plaques on the wall is it trophies no it's a satisfaction of knowing you did your best every day that's john wooden that's the conference of champions 
Falcons. That's UCLA comeback basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I uh, yeah, so please, I encourage all your listeners out there, if you're interested, this all entices you to go to Amazon right now and uh, check it out or on March 10th. Um, but yeah, I, I have so many ideas. I mean, he could do anything. He could solve, uh, he could go anywhere, although <laughs> we like keeping it to basketball tournaments. So it's I really, th- yeah, <laughs> I was really thinking of like an insomnia style thing at the great Alaskan shootout. <laughs> Dave Pash can't sleep because it's bright all the time. I actually wow. had Trajan uh, Langdon could be a supporting character. <laughs> oh my gosh. For the great Alaskan shootout. Of course. I actually had a tundra. I actually have a spin-off pitch for you too, which is the young Bill Walton mysteries. That's <laughs> him and Jamal Wilkes in Hardy Boys style adventures, and every time they have to tell John Wooden about the mystery. Yeah, he's like Fenton Hardy, the world's greatest detective. Yeah, they constantly. And it, it can be like more Encyclopedia Brown level crimes, like someone got a term paper stolen. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. So, someone shaved someone's head without uh, John Wooden's permission. Who did it? So. Yeah, that's actually amazing. I love those. So the other thing I oh had. Oh, my gosh. Add. The Hardy Boys aspect. So the other. We've got to get back at the bus by seven o'clock coach is gonna have a conniption don't worry jamal we're just going to find the secret a secret rock that i need to find for my rock collection so jim hunting so the other question i had for you so bill walton you're you said you're into pulp detective novels and anyone who's listened to this show knows that sean and i are uh, insane Bosch heads. We really uh, are. Yeah, yeah. We, we we love we uh, love yeah. Bosch. So if Bill I'm also Walton... go ahead, John. Yeah, I think I'm maybe more into the Lincoln lawyer too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you great. Both are great, and they're related. I mean, it's his stepbrother, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. Um, <laughs> also, the Lincoln lawyer is totally uh, a cop in those books. He just happens <laughs> to also be a defense lawyer, right? But when he comes, when he appears in the Bosch books, he's much more of a lawyer, lawyer. Yeah. And then his own books, he's like, he's doing whatever. I mean, he's really just <laughs> whatever it takes <laughs> to, to get his clients off clean. You know, they didn't do it. They the, didn't do it. I think he got way more McConaughey, didn't he? Way it, more. McConaughey. Way more. Yes. So, yeah. Like book three, once they've made the movies, it's like, yeah. oh, he's he's really hanging hanging out now yeah i mean he's basically all right all right all writing <laughs> your honor it's basically you're right all right all right all your honor the whole time there's a point where he quits drinking in the books and then after the movie comes out they're like this guy doesn't work with a sober lincoln lawyer anymore yeah he's, he's doing ads for wild turkey and lincoln in real life he has to be <laughs> the biggest difference between the lincoln lawyer and bosch is and it's such an LA reference is that the Lincoln lawyer's favorite restaurant is Dantana's and Bosch's favorite <laughs> restaurant is Musso and Frank. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he just loves old LA. He loves it. But I took uh, I, I was watching a four year old and I uh, I took him to get pancake du Pars as a tribute to the Lincoln lawyer recently. Uh-huh. 
Um, it's always okay. the worst food. Yeah, they always are so specific with the LA food, and you're always like, "Why there?" That's yeah, not like Pars is not good. I read not a good Bosch. I read a Bosch book once where one of the key points was that a guy knew cops were tailing him because the cops were eating oaky dog. Um, and they were like, that's so far away from where we are. They must have followed me from the west side. <laughs> he loves those oaky dogs. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Bosch, I love. Uh, and, you know, his, uh, his motto is just like, it, it, you know it's coming and it works every time. It's like Reacher beating people up. Up when he goes, you know, everyone matters or no one matters. Chills every time, yeah. right? So I, I wanted, I still wanted my the uh, the Bill Wall mysteries to have moments like that and to be serious about the mystery because I respect Michael Connolly's craft so much and the way he crafts all of his plots are so mm-hmm. intricate and everything ties together so nicely. Well, he hides things like you know, sometimes he hides things like way too well. You're like, no one, this is just. We can't know this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my question was going to be, so if Walton is Basketball's Holmes, who is Basketball's Bosch? Mm. Ooh. It's not Barkley because Barkley's too much of a clown, I think. Yeah. Gotta have tattoos. Because Bosch isn't really a genius as much as he's just relentless. Yeah. Right. So he's like – he's a lot closer to – like a Michael Jordan or a Russell Kobe. Westbrook. I I, Kobe. Oh, well, yeah. He's yeah. kind of, oh, and all about, he's a symbol of Angeles. LA, right. Yeah, yeah, he's a symbol of Had LA. Had some marital troubles, ultimately. <laughs> right, got life. some tattoos after some marital troubles. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that might has, like, overlooks the city, kind of like a Batman yeah. over Gotham City. <laughs> You know, he's having his scotch and his cigarette at night. I think that um, makes Pau Gasol the Lincoln lawyer. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. He's conducting business from, like, a neurology ward for some reason. <laughs> Derek Fisher is his driver. Uh, or whatever. <laughs> he owes Kobe a lot, so he's got to work off that debt. <laughs> he owes him rings, so i got to do what I can. Um, so the other thing I wanted to ask you is, okay, so you're writing mysteries. Yeah. When you're figuring out the mystery, the, like a Bill Walton mystery, are you coming up with the mystery first or the, why are you want like the Bill Walton character stuff and then building the mystery out of that? Yeah. I think it's got to start with, it has to start with the mystery because Walton, we know. Once Walton's a constant, even though he's a chaotic constant, mm-hmm. he's a constant. <laughs> like he's gonna react the same in any environment that you put him in. He's kind of always gonna be really chill about it, you know. It's like, but we wanted the mystery to really uh, um, sink in. I wanted it to have uh, real bites and turns, so that's all got to be beaded out really carefully, and then we kind of plop, you know, uh, Walton in. But it's a lot of Dave Pash as well. I have to say, like, you know the. The stories kind of are about the evolution of of Pash. Like Dr. Watson gets changed by being Mm -hmm. around the great man. So does Pash uh, as he absorbs Walton's lessons of life (laughs) and they, you know, track down the real, (laughs) the real bad guys. Um, So, yeah, I think that that, that's that's a great question, though, because it is kind of a dance um, because you want to have Walton do be in situations that he. 
he was able to be the most Walton. But the secret is he's always the most Walton. Mm-hmm. He can't turn it off. <laughs> now, do you know if Bill Walton is aware of the Bill Walton Ministries? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I know a guy who went and uh, we, we sent him the books, of course, through his people. And um, I know a guy who went and got book one, Friend of the Devil, signed by him. He, <laughs> the guy was like at an event in Portland. And the guy was like, hey, Bill, have you heard about these uh, books where you solve mysteries? And as Bill's signing, he goes, I've heard rumblings. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all we, you know, he's, he, he's got a guy who does his own thing. And uh, we haven't heard from him, you know. Uh, um, he hasn't uh, got in touch, but it would love him to get involved in some way or not. Because it is kind of a sci-fi alternative dimension mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. in book one, the Pac-12 tournament takes place in Seattle. So there's slightly different things that are going on in this, uh, in this world. Uh, everything else is fictional. Well, in this in this world, is Jerry Garcia alive? Oof. Yes, always. <laughs> always. Where can he go? He's back to the one, one song, one dream, one vibration. One shot. How are you going to take it? What kind of shot can you get? You've got one possession. Generate the offense. Throw it down. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, you know what? I, it's really just, uh, I just, I just love, I, I just love that uh, you guys are responding to it because it is like there's a basketball Venn diagram of people who would love this book, and you guys are right in the middle of it. And so I'm glad, and hopefully your readers are too, and listeners. Um, <laughs> but uh, you guys should, you guys should write books too. I think we should write the uh, young Bill Walton ones. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, there's one last thing Sean and I wanted to do before we let you go. And I think while we're putting uh, people into – while we're putting basketball commentators into genre fiction, uh, I think we should try and beat out a couple of the NBA luminaries. So, Sean, why don't you go first? What genre fiction would you like to see Jeff Van Gundy star in? Oh, oh, okay. Well, is he, he's with, is he with Mark Jackson and Mike Breen? Uh, let's get, can I, can I yeah, pitch sure. one that I have? Actually? Yes, yeah, sure. sure. Please. Uh, Reggie Miller, <laughs> along with Marv Albert, in uh, a real Michael Crichton style, uh, 90s, like, Erotic thriller. Oh, an erotic. You know what I mean? Like, like the kind yeah, of yeah. That Michael Douglas would have made in 1994. <laughs> like disclosure. Yeah, like disclosure, where like Re- Reggie Miller's like maybe like a corporate investigator, <laughs> and somehow to get through this mystery, he needs to have like to solve this mystery, he needs to have like four different sexual encounters throughout the book, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just. In- Credulous the whole time, and Mar and Marv is like his supervisor, who's you know has to warning watch. him because like the, he's he's the cautionary tale, and Reggie just can't listen because he's he's more horny than he is ready to you know discover uh, that that the Japanese are sabotaging this company. <laughs> Yeah, I like uh, that. It's a- AI is involved too. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's virtual reality for no reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got to step into a virtual, actual world for some reason that no one can explain, but it's right in the second act. 
yeah. Reggie's constantly like ripping off a pair of warm pants because the 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 sex is so dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> like Michael Crichton directed by Spike Lee, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. So I have one for this is a weird guy I picked, but I would like to see PJ Carlissimo in a uh like a Philip K. Disc Dick esque like uh sci-fi cyberpunk thing where he lives in a dystopian future where no one is putting mustard on it on their passes and he's just attacking a world full of Latrell Sprewells. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. I love I do have a, a funny PJ Carlisimo story of uh, uh last year when book one was coming out i was in vegas mm-hmm. trying to uh get the book to dave Pash uh, for he was covering the pac-12 tournament and yes i had a couple of beverages and it was like his people Pash's people were like go down to the uh you know just hand him the book just walk down and hand him the book between mm-hmm. games and i was like oh great and we were <laughs> i walked down and um i was like Pash, Pash, i'm trying to hand, like point him to the book and he was like yay Wearing a T-shirt said the Bill Walton mysteries tie dye, of course. And uh, <laughs> I step over maybe the, the wrong rope that I shouldn't have, and uh, all of a sudden I'm like right behind PJ Carlissimo, and I'm like, "Pash, here's the book, here's the book." I'm like handing it over PJ Carlissimo, <laughs> not realizing he was still broadcasting on the air for radio, and he's like, "What the?" That? And he kind of like covers his microphone and he gestures for like dudes in suits who quickly oh, no. move upon me and escort me. <laughs> Out of the Vegas arena. And I'm like, Pash, no, the book. Uh, and Pash, who could have stopped them, knowing what we were full well what we were doing, looked at us and then looked away. And I was like, ah, uh, okay, I'm going to keep writing mystery books about you. <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment, I kind of, I understood Latrell's free will more than ever before. I saw, I saw how <laughs> you, this guy is. I can see people not liking him. Um, that's, that's my BJ Carlissimo story. I do have a pitch for... Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, Mike Breen. I love it. Oh, yeah. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> okay. It's a breezy heist movie. They've got to break into Madison Square Garden because at, there's some kind of – maybe we could tie in like some uncut gems. I don't know, magical mm-hmm. gemstone <laughs> that gives players powers, the thing I hated most about that movie. Uh, and uh, they've got to sneak in. Problem is that it's – 1998 let's say i uh, gotta give it a random year like uncut gems for no reason and then uh we uh it's, it's the bulls and they're in madison Square Garden. and michael jordan won't have anything to do with it they've got to somehow steal something from like the 98 bulls uh and of course zen master is the villain he's got it. he's like the andy garcia <laughs> phil jackson's the andy garcia kind of kind of he's bad for a variety of reasons but it yeah. always seems good because he's buddhist but that's just the cover <laughs> but they've got to get the exclusive nikes or whatever from the locker room yes yeah the mcguffin we can work on absolutely i like that we'll go <laughs> we'll add a, a phil knight area to maybe phil knight's the real power behind the throne the real shadowy dark character I don't know why he's bad. See, I had a pitch for the inside the NBA crew. Oh, okay. and it's a, uh, it's actually a play. <laughs> it's a one act. It's a one act play where they are locked 
in a bar. There's a snowstorm outside. And they are locked in a bar waiting for uh waiting for Shaquille O'Neal to show up. And he never shows. Waiting for Shaquille. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. That is beautiful. Although that is inspired I thought which I thought you were gonna say was gonna be like a Tarantino esque, they're all locked mm. in a snowy cabin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one of them is betrayed the others in some way <laughs> yeah well we know who the betrayer is in that group let's be honest uh rachel nichols no, walks it's... in and she's like wounded <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kenny like, smith. what happened Ken- and... kenny smith is the betrayer <laughs> in that i thought group. it would be it's already johnson his betrayal is his right in vote for john casey <laughs> <laughs> how dare you it was you it was you <laughs> I'd also like to see the uh, the Van Gundy brothers in some kind of like Lord of the Rings type quest. I thought the they're... same thing. That's where I was leading yeah, with the Van Gundys too. <laughs> yeah, they're transported into a magical realm and they're just complaining about everything the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a unicorn. The horn's useless. <laughs> And uh and all their nah, this road, you know, this road keeps going. I'm not down. <laughs> and, Stan Stan does look like a hobbit, for real, yeah. like a big hobbit. And Pat Riley is the Gandalf figure in that story. Right. Um <laughs> uh, yeah. Pat the White. <laughs> Riley the White. Yeah. Pat <laughs> Riley the White is LA Riley. <laughs> Riley the ah. Riley the Black is everyone else. <laughs> Every other Riley. Um, well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. James, that's been our show, our interview. Please Suits. plug Sean, the Bill Walton Mysteries. Plug away. Oh, guys, thank you. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, please buy this book. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's great. It's funny. It doesn't take itself seriously, but it is a serious mystery book. Like, I... I truly, I love Bosch and Reacher too much to have, to not go full ham in the paint on the mystery, but, uh, but it's, fu- it's obviously funny because it's, it's Walton and Bash. Mm-hmm. Uh, please buy it so I can write a thousand more. It's what I want to do with my <laughs> life, but I need people to buy it. And, uh, and if you're in Portland on the 14th, uh, come to the Rose City Book Pub, uh, have a, have a beer and, a, and buy a book. I'm going to be in person doing a reading there. Uh, um, and uh, but yet yeah, buy ten books and uh, <laughs> online tell your friends and uh, thank you gentlemen so much it's been really an honor and a pleasure yeah, thank you Joey James and, John. and it yeah. just occurred to me as you were saying that we picked an NBA Bosch but I think it's pretty clear who the NBA Reacher is and that is Charles Oakley um, our- <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Oak he's even got the yeah he's the nickname Oak come on. <laughs> yeah, if Oakley was a military policeman whose su- whose superpower is waking up on time, yeah, isn't that crazy that Reacher's one superpower is not never needing an alarm clock? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like oh, I gotta wake up at six forty-five. I'm up six forty-five. Like, okay, cool, man. We have alarm clocks. Uh, well, I mean, that's clearly why Jordan keeps Oakley around because he can wake him up out of his tequila hangover no no mike, problem mike we gotta go we gotta check out check out time mike let's go one more hand no mike, mike. we gotta go 
let's wrap this up. I can beat him. I know you can, Mike. Gotta well, go. Another game to play. <laughs> Thanks a lot, James. Everyone go see his reading in Portland. Buy the Bill Walton mysteries. Buy them both, in fact. Fire on yeah, the Mountain, the March 10th. Friend of the Devil out now. Um, and hey, if you know Bill Walton, get these, hook these two up. We need like yeah. a uh, a Walton on Walton in the in the New York book review. <laughs> it's 2020. Let's make it happen. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. Let's dream the future. Live the dream. Here we are. Let's go. Pack 12. What an interview once again by the Bill Walton Mysteries. We need more of those. More importantly, we need what I pitched him, which is the young Bill Walton Mysteries. Yes. Uh, the Hardy Boys style mysteries uh, with, you know, with Jamal Wilkes. You heard the interview. Sean, is there anything you would like to plug? Um, you can read some stuff on Yard Barker. Uh, There's a thing about the Warriors, what they should do in free agency. I also wrote something about um, the weird, the weirdness of the Houston Rockets, which I'm sure will be uh, it's very sympathetic. Uh-huh. My favorite, the uh, and then as for me, uh, I'm on the second part of the 100th episode of the Who Cares About the Rock Hall podcast this week. I was on the first part last week. Uh, we watched VH1, the first two editions of VH1's Divas. Uh, it's really funny. It's really fun. I love Who Cares About the Rock Hall. Um, and you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where on March 9th I tweeted, It's weird that the hardest thing to find in stores these days is toilet paper. Like, of all the things you could be prepared with, TP is your biggest concern? Which he's <laughs> right, because if you're Frankie Muniz, your biggest concern is getting the antidote to scorpion stings. So I get that is, it. That's the most important thing. <laughs> Uh, Sean, did you write? Oh my god! Oh my god! If anyone in this country should self quarantine, <laughs> it is Frankie. It's like his. I'm not even sure his immune system is compromised, but like his his, his luck, body, his life is compromised. Uh, Sean, did you write a song? I did. It's actually about Carl Anthony Towns, but it is a it's a Justin Bieber song, and it's called Kevin Love Yourself. <laughs> All right, we're listening to that right now. Thank you again, James Kirkland. Thank you again, Dave Dufour. Thank you to everyone who's listening. And uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Wash your damn hands, you filthy animals. Fucking pigs. (laughs) For all the times that you've lost track of your man And all the games you missed when you hurt your hand the broke you and Wiggins apart sent him to Golden State. You signed for four years, but you could demand a trade. And maybe you're a superstar, but your defense sucks, so you have a bad point differential. You still got potential. And they could find another coach, but you didn't get any better after Coach Thibodeau was gone. Still scared of Taz Gibson. Flip Saunders didn't like you, and he likes everyone. And this Wolves roster was ruined by David Kahn. I thought your D would be alright. Didn't know you'd play Fortnite, but now I know. You're never sleeping until dawn, cause if you hate playing for 
The wolves that much in common You should care and love yourself And if you think D'Angelo's not helping things Then you should care and love yourself All those games where you didn't give a fuck And that song Jimmy made you a cuck There were games where your jumper looked nice but you look lost every time Tibbs would yell ice And maybe you could ask a son But he doesn't want anyone thinking he's not the head honcho You could play with Wancho This team can't hurt anyone No one can play defense aside from Josh Kogi. The Taylor's an old fogey Flip's artist didn't like you and he likes everyone and this Wolves roster was run by David Cohen. I thought your D would be alright Didn't know you'd play for that, but now I know You're never sleeping until dawn Cause if you ain't playing for the Wolves that much Then Carl, you should have enough yourself And if you think D'Angelo's not Helping things and you should care and love yourself Ladies and gentlemen The trumpet stylings of Jared Culver Got the talent to always be our league but you really hated playing with Jeff Teague You're always soaking your face as a frown Shouldn't have said Ricky Rubio out of town Cause if you hate playing for the wolves that much Then Carl, you should gather and love yourself And if you think D'Angelo's not Helping things and you should care and love yourself Cause if you hate playing for the wolves that much Then Carl, you should care and love yourself And if you think D'Angelo's not helping things And you should care and love yourself This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.